Our learning today is going to be on the topic of Tfilis Kalim, and our learning is sponsored for Fua Shalema on behalf of Rachman ben Zulaicha and Naima Bat Muluk, sponsored by their son, Dr. Nisim Javdin, and may they have a full Rafua Shalema. So in the, the theme of Tfilis Kalim, as I had mentioned in a previous recording, and uh, we, we differentiate between what's the materials that it's made from, if the metal, if the vessel was made out of metal, so it requires tefillah of minatura, generally speaking. And if it was made out of glass, it's obligated rabbinically. When we look in the pasuk about the parshas matos, uh, where it talks about the tefillah's kelim, it actually lists six different types of metals. And it's interesting. Why does the Torah mention those six metals? Um, is that to exclude other metals? So most poskims say there's really no difference, even metals that are not mentioned there, although it mentions gold and silver and copper and iron and and uh, lead and tin, but nonetheless, the ones that are not mentioned, most poskims say would also be included as well. But sometimes we also have vessels that are coated with other materials. Some, some metals have plastic coating on top, which definitely would lower down the status of obligation. Some are coated with glass, and that's just something you have to look into. Um, now, the reason that glass is obligated is not biblically, because it's not obligated biblically. It's only obligated mid because it's um, able to be melted and put together, and therefore there is a discussion and an argument if plastic is also obligated, and the consensus is, is that you can't really say and it's a real obligation like glass because the Chazal didn't talk about plastic vessels, even though that you can melt them and reshape them. But it's praiseworthy to immerse vessels that were made out of hard, hard uh, plastics. Okay, now the other topic we will discuss, which is very, very practical, is let's say it's made out of metal or glass where I would need to tovel them with Bracha and it's owned, it was owned by a non Jew or so in a way where okay, I have to make the bracha, right? But the question is, do all vessels need to uh, need to be toveled with the bracha? In other words, let's say the vessel is made out of metal, but it's you know, there's different types of vessels and they have different purposes. So, the so the Shulchanach talks about a klisuda that vessels that are used for a meal, those ones require. Tfilas Kalim. So the poskin, and they learned this out for the case of uh, a, a knife that you used for Shechita. This is mentioned in Shulchanach in Yerdea, uh, Simon 120, Sif, uh, hey, Sif 5 over there. So it talks about if you have, let's say, a knife, which was a Shechita knife, and there's a discussion and argument, does it need Tfilas Kalim? And um, what comes out from there is, is that if it's a, a vessel which the final stage of it is going to be where the food is edible, then it needs to fill this kiln with a bracha. But if the only reason you're using it is not as a final stage of preparation, you're going to still need to cook it afterwards, then you, then therefore that the the vessel that you're using you would only need to fill this kalim without a with no need of a bracha. So let's give some examples. Uh, things that would need a bracha. 
frying pan because you fried the thing. Now, now it's edible. Fork, knife, because you're using it to eat something which is edible. A, cu- a cup, potentially. Yeah, that would also need a bracha. Um, you know, spatula, if it's made out of metal, because those things are using the vessel. Uh, they're being used for something which is now finished. What are things that, even if they were made out of metal and they were owned by non-Jews, they wouldn't need a bracha? So these are things where the food is prepared, but it's not in a ready state yet. So you would need to immerse it in the mikvah, but you don't make a bracha. So this would include a rolling pin. Let's say the rolling pin was made out of metal. Now, if it was made out of wood, it anyways wouldn't be obligated in mikvah altogether. Because wood it doesn't need, and stone doesn't need, and, uh, and the like. But let's just say it was made out of metal. So that, but it doesn't make a bracha, because, you don't make a bracha on it because... It's uh, not going to prepare the food for the final stage of it being edible. It's just a preparation that you would then need to eventually bake the bread, bake the dough. Rolling pin, only you need to tovel it, but without a bracha. A meat grinder, because the food is not edible yet. Butcher knife, for example, the food is not yet edible. It's just to make big pieces get cut up so it wouldn't need a bracha. And let's say jars used for storage, even if out of proper glass, they would not need, you would, you would not make a brach on them. Okay, fine. Um, let's now talk about using a vessel before immersing it. Can I use a vessel before I, I uh, immersed it in the mikvah? So the halacha is, is that even though temporarily I'm not allowed to use a vessel for my own needs of eating from it until it went to mikvah, it's not, it's a sur. From the from the Chachamim, it's also rabbinically. We can find this in the in the Shochanach, in Ramah, chapter one twenty, in uh, Sivches. Over there in the Ramah, he mentions this this concept that it's also to use it rabbinically. Okay, fine. Now, question is: Let's say you were going to someone's house and they offer you food. This person isn't religious. They're giving you a cold drink and it's in their glass cups and you, you're certain they didn't tovel it in a mikvah. Can you drink from them? So the answer is no, even though that it's only temporarily. You still can't use it. There's an issue to use vessels that were not immersed in a mikvah. However, maybe we could be lenient in certain scenarios. So for example, let's you could say, can I have it in a paper cup? That would be fine. That's not being lenient. That's 100% fine. Or let's say you said, can I... Can you give it to me in a plastic cup? So that would be fine. Even if you say, I for sure want to always tovel vessels that need, that are plastic. And that's, you know, some some say do it. Some say it's not so needed. But in any case, even if you're stringent, that you will not, uh, you know, not, uh, you, you will use, you won't use a vessel until it was toveled, even if it's made out of plastic. But if it's someone else who's letting you use it, we could be lenient. Okay, now. What about restaurants? Do restaurants and caterers and hotels that are owned by Jews, do they need that all their vessels are immersed? They need to be immersed in mikvah So some poskim, like this is found in Yichavadat from Rebbe Vayi Yosef in volume 4, Simon 44. There he says that only the one who is being served is using for eating purposes. Uh, meaning to say that the business is not owned 
why does a person have a caterer? They, they didn't do it for, they didn't buy the vessels for their own purpose. They're buying it to make money off of. They're using it to, to make business with it. So therefore, if the vessels don't, um, don't really need uh, um, uh, to be immersed because only when you're buying it for yourself, for your own personal kitchen, your own personal cooking purposes, then it needs to be as Kim. But here you're, you're, you're using it just to make money off of. And then let's say the forks and knives that people end up using, if it wasn't Tovold, so it's, 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 it's not theirs. It's, it's belonging to the owner and the owner's using it as a business purpose. So he wants to say, Rabbi Vadia says, and the other posts can also quote this, they could be exempt. However, not everyone agrees with this assumption that that's an absolute fact. And therefore, it's always, uh, you know, we should try to make an effort that all restaurants and caterers should tovel their vessels, maybe without a bracha, but they should still tovel it. However, um, again, the question comes, if, you, if it wasn't tovel, do you need... Can you still eat from it? The answer is that we could probably rely on all the, the opinions that are lenient, and thus, even if they did or didn't total them, you could use it. But it's probably preferred that if you can make an effort, you should inform them that you should total it without a bracha. Okay. Um, now, let's talk about disposable vessels. Disposable vessels... Um, so again, they don't need uh, they don't need a mikvah because they are uh, not considered really a kli at the moment. They're not a kli suda. They're they're ready to be thrown away. Actually, if a person wants to reuse something like uh, let's say one of those aluminum foil pines or something, once you try to clean them with soap and stuff, it's very difficult. So they're generally not usable, and therefore, even if a person were to continue using it. Um, the Ramosha Feinstein writes that it would be very doubtful if uh, if there were still would be any need of toveling it in the mikvah or not. Um, some poskim want to say uh, the minig is to be stringent and to do so, but even those who want to say to do so, they would say without a bracha. From 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 the wording of Ramosha, it's it implies. That since the vessel was not, it was intrinsically not an obligated vessel, therefore even if you use the vessel, you figured out how to use it multiple times, despite the fact that it's just really made for one-time usage, from Ramosha Feinstein in volume, um, in volume uh, th- 3 of Yeridea, chapter Simon 23, is, is implying that it's not needed. But some say to do so. Okay, let's move on to the topic of electrical appliances, which is a very big problem because really the requirement of Tfilos Kalim applies also to electrical appliances. Why not? Why should there be any difference if it was manufactured by a Goy? And the whole purpose of Tfilos Kalim is to remove the option, the ownership of the Goy on the vessel. And now that the Jew bought it, it's, it should remove any Tuma that was on it. So why, why would it be any difference with electrical appliances? So there is, um, we'll just point out that with regard to toasters, um, Moshe Feinstein writes, again, it's in chapter, it's in uh, Yerodech, uh, volume 3, and this is in um, 724. He wants to say that maybe we could be lenient by toasters because they're not, 
the food is edible before it went in, and it stays edible after. You know, it's just it's you're just drying the bread and making it more improved of a taste. But he holds that intrinsically, it doesn't really need tefillas kalim because you're not really accomplishing anything new. Ramosha would hold that water heaters do need tefillas kalim because it's basically clearly mentioned in the Gemara. And the reason could be is because water, when you heat it up, there is a great benefit to it. I should say that by bread and toaster, maybe it's not so much of a benefit. But even though, to say that toasters are not needed, tefillas um, uh, is not necessarily agreed upon by everybody. There are those who um, argue who argue and say that even a toaster would also need tefillas kalim. So this, this is a dispute. Now, with we talk about general electrical appliances, so as I mentioned, yes, the, the, what you need to do is tovel them. You tovel them in the mikvah, and then you wait. And then when it's dried, you can start plugging it in again. However, um, it is true that in the olden day electrical appliances, none of them were digital. And generally speaking, if you could tovel it, it would generally be fine. However, nowadays, that a lot of the electrical appliances are digital-based, and they're much more sensitive to water circuit boards and like, it's almost certain that they will get damaged and ruined once they are um, contacted by water. By mikvah, particularly if you immerse the whole thing in water. So, some, so now what do we do? So some suggest by the mere fact that the vessel would be ruined itself by, by uh, immersing in water, that itself is showing that we couldn't be obligated to immerse it. That's actually mentioned in the volume three of Minchas Asher, he suggests that. But it's very difficult to say that, and many other poskim do not agree, Rosheva the Levi, and, 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 and many, many other poskim write that that's just, we, 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 of course we obligate them, just because it could get ruined, so then don't use such a vessel if you have no solution for it, right? Um, in truth, why would it make any difference the fact that because of the electric uh, appliance part to it is going to exempt it. At the end of the day, it's owned by Ananju. We want to remove the tuma, so of course we, we have to do so over here. But again, if, it, if it's something where we really think it will get ruined by, elect, by uh, immersion in mikvah, so what can we do? So some suggest, based on the last sif in chapter uh, 120 of the Shulchan Aruch, they bring down the concept that on Shabbos, let's say you noticed your vessel wasn't toveled, maybe you could immerse it in the mikvah now. So this is in chapter 120 of your Yerodeh, Sif 16. Give it to the Goy as a gift and have him loan it to you. So yeah, that's fine. It could work. However, when we're talking about, um, you know, if he's just going to, if you're going to give it to the Goy, and then the guy will lend it to you, what, for, for forever? I mean, that sounds absurd because that's the same thing as basically the guy now giving it to you and it now becomes you own it. So, so it doesn't, it's not really a proper advice long-term. It's maybe good only for a short amount of time. And that's what the Taz in the end of chapter 120 also brings down that problem. He says it just won't work if you're going to do it long-term. So, so there's um, another solution, and this is more or less the accepted solution, um, the many use would be based on the Chachmasadim. The Chachmasadim we can find in um, chapter 73 in Sif 13, also in Sif 4. There he basically brings the point 
that if you ruin the vessel by putting a hole in it, so now the, the hole or the way you've ruined the vessel, you've now created it now as it's not a vessel anymore, and therefore there's no tumor that applies to it. Very nice. We, we could say such an answer, but that's not, what are you going to do? You're going to take some fancy electrical appliance and ruin it? Um, so so what, what, what would be of help? So that's not going to be practical here. So the answer we could say is, is that we don't necessarily have to follow, um, you know, putting a hole in it all here. Simple idea. Another option, the Chachma Sadim quotes, is that you give it to an uman, a craftsman, who will dismantle it, and not just take out a, a screw or something, but dismantle it very professionally, and thus making it that when the Jew will put it together, he, he's like creating it from new, and we have a rule, Uman that a, uh, a craftsman creates and acquires something when he improves it. So, so too over here, the best thing is to find a Jewish electrician, friend of yours, whoever it is, give it to him, um, a fancy electrical appliance, and have him re, you know, take out, take a part of good amount of it, a good amount of it, and then redo it, and that will then exempt it from tefillas kalim. That would be the best suggestion in a way where most likely you're not going to have any anything that's going to break afterwards, and uh, you can you can you know that you're not doing something improper since now it's exempt from tefillas kalim.